Welcome to Captivate and Close. I'm Kinsey Mackis, business consultant and marketing strategist, and I'm going to show you how to attract and enroll high-paying clients using my breakthrough online marketing strategies, all without having to rely on complicated funnels, disingenuous clickbait, or spammy sales tactics. These are the messaging, marketing, and selling secrets that virtually no one is talking about. So let's dive in. Hey, welcome back to the episode. I hope you are having such an incredible day. It is Thursday at the time of this recording, so I'm wrapping up my week. Uh, Tomorrow, obviously, is Friday, so I'll be hanging with my five-year-old buddy (laughs) and just soaking up all that time with him. You know, he starts kindergarten in the fall, so my commitment was to take Fridays off, which was so hard to do, which is crazy, and I sometimes even feel bad admitting that, but I am definitely, you know, the workaholic type of um, genetics that is really hard to scrub out of me, but I'm like, it. it's just fascinating where you put the constraints, like you adjust, right? If you have five days to work, you will fill those five days with things. If you only have four, you will do what you need to do to get your work done. So while it's put uh, a little bit of pressure to do more in the confined <laughs> um, hours of work, it's really built a good discipline in me. So anyway, one of the things I wanted to do was do sort of a bonus training on launch debrief. So if you've been with us over the last five episodes, I did a live launch secrets series where I really went deeper into each phase of the launch and how they really individually impact the entire launch experience. And so while sometimes people see this, you know, strategy as sort of this this one-hit wonder, one of the things that's really important is that there's these moving parts within the entire strategy that play into the overall results that you're seeing or not seeing. And so this helps us really discern like what's working, what's not working within the given um, stages and helps us really figure out where we need to improve or where our biggest opportunities are, which is what leads me to the conversation today around like, how do you actually assess what's working and know what to do for the next time? One of the biggest mistakes I see is that people have this idea of like throwing the baby out with the bathwater mentality where maybe they did a launch event, they had a goal to enroll, you know, five clients and since they didn't hit that goal, it it was a wash or it didn't work. And while this is, you know, it's important to be able to lean in and see that, you know, maybe it didn't go as according to plan, but ultimately as a business owner, you have to be making decisions based off the right data. And here's another really big one that might sting a little bit. You cannot make decisions out of emotion. So I've had to make this mistake, you know, too many times to count. I'll probably do it again because I'm a woman. I have a lot of emotions and sometimes it's hard to discern what is an emotion, you know, what's a story versus like what is fact. And this is one of the biggest, you know, areas for improvement for me is 
developing that skill within me as a CEO so that I can guide my team in a way that I feel proud of and that I can make decisions that ultimately drive the business forward versus stalling us out. And sometimes I think that you may not be hitting your targets or hitting your goals because that's an area that you haven't developed yet. I think decision making is such an underrated or overlooked element to the the full picture of being a coach, being a business owner. And it is by far one of the most important things you can build. And so part of this is like, are you actually reflecting? Are you assessing? Are you evaluating in a way that is helpful for you? I think it's interesting when we move so fast and we're just like, okay, on to the next, on to the next. What's happening is you're not even taking the time to be able to pull from those experiences. And so it's all for nothing, really, right? If we think about learning from the lessons of our past and being able to carry those forward in a way that supports us and also accelerates us, right? That means you actually have to stop and effectively evaluate. And so when it comes to specifically your launch process, I want to share some data that we look at in order to assess what is next. So while this conversation is applicable to, you know, the launch strategy, I want you to also really take this away and look at your decision-making process and your evaluation process across the board, right? We really force or we really challenge our clients to pause. You know, it's like if you don't even pause after maybe a sales call that didn't convert, have you taken the time to sit down and ask yourself why or what could have gone differently or was there uh, was there something that went um, that that went well that actually you would have loved you would love to do again but you wouldn't have noticed that if you sort of looked at this you know failure is just a fail and moving on and so it's really important to pause and reflect and document those lessons learned it's interesting because I always think I'll remember something but I never do and so the other part of this process is actually writing it down and having that history of lessons learned and you know what worked what didn't work I was looking at a past launch debrief that our team did like six or seven months ago and it was noted in there about something specific that we had done that worked really well and for whatever reason we stopped doing it and I was like what like why you know it's just crazy the things that we do or don't do but because I had that documentation process I was able to remember and also you know re-implement because I have the the proof that it worked and there was no sort of you know, scenario that we needed to stop. So that's what that does for you. And also when you have that documentation process, as your team grows, right, your team can also support the process in making better decisions and making sure that when you guys are building out these strategies, you're taking those into consideration. And so every time you launch or every time we launch, we give ourselves a couple days, but then we do a debrief. And we have a very specific process for this that we also give to our clients. But what we're doing is we're really assessing what went well and what did not go well. But more importantly, we collect some very specific data. So I want to go over some of the things that we look at and document and really 
compare to sort of like overall quote-unquote standards sort of where we usually hit and how we start to assess this as far as like was this successful or not and what this does when you have the collective data to look at it tells a story and it gives you very very specific next steps instead of the feeling of it being a failure and feeling like it didn't work and so we're just going to move on to the next thing this is not how you can make decisions anymore so within this launch debrief what we're doing is we're looking at the overall metrics and statistics or you know data for these given components so one of the things that we obviously look at is total registrants so this is total registrants for your launch event, whether it was a masterclass, a challenge, a workshop, whatever that looks like. This was the free launch event that you invited people to um, and then use that as a container to invite people to your program. And so what we want to do is look at total opt-ins, total registrants for that launch event. Now, while most people think that that's the most important number, it's actually not. And this is where you can get more out of a smaller audience size when you actually know how to look and evaluate these numbers. And so I'll talk more about that. But we obviously want to look at who, like what was our pool of people? How many people did we have in this launch container? Then we look at the show up rate. So while you have, you know, a certain number of people that signed up for the launch event, you will not have all of those people show up. And so one of the numbers that we really want to assess is like, did we have a good show up rate for this launch event? And, you know, it really depends on industry standard. You know, masterclass, I think they say like between 30 and 40% of total registrants. Um, A workshop or a multi-day event style is going to be a little bit less as days progress, which is normal. And here's the other thing is when you know some of these things are normal, you can stop letting it stress you out or letting it mean that something's not working, right? I had a client that said that was feeling very discouraged because the second day of their multi-day event, um, their uh, challenge, uh, they had a drop-off from day one. And so they had already sort of, looked at this launch event as a failure and we're feeling really discouraged and I could notice the energy really drop. And we talked about just like the fact that that's normal and that's okay. And so you can really, you know, prevent yourself from spinning out when you also know sort of, you know, how these things play out and what to really quote unquote worry about. So we look up show up rate, right? How many people are actually showing up live with you? for the live masterclass, the live challenge, whatever that looks like. This is really important because this is actually one of the biggest things that we focus on and where we work to improve. It is not about total registrants. It's actually about the total number of people that are going to be showing up live with you. Now, we also look at the pitch show up rate. Okay, so how many people were on live with you when you pitched? This is really important because while most people think that people actually heard your offer, there's actually a lot of people didn't. And when we can know or when we are able to know how many people didn't, we can really align the strategy to make sure that more people actually hear the pitch. 
So this is the, if you remember, the fourth stage of the launch event when you do the offer invitation, when you transition from teaching to then pitching. And you want to really watch your drop-off rate. So in a masterclass, when you pivot, right, you'll kind of note how many people are on or not on. And again, there will be people that drop off. Totally normal. It means nothing about you. Um, During a multi-day event, right, this is something that you'll also want to monitor because if you're pitching, say, on the third day of a four-day event, um, towards the end, again, you want to know the number of people that are on live with you when you begin the pitch. So if it's just you, just make a habit of having a notebook and being aware of the number of people on with you. If you have a team, they can do this for you or, you know, a VA. But that's important too because if you think about it, if you're having a large drop-off rate right when you pitch, then what we want to do is improve that transition and figure out how do we really hold their attention and make this worth their time because it is. Like when we pitch, people stay on the entire time. They love to hear us pitch. And by the way, people love to be sold to, right? And we talked a little bit about that in the pitching and selling with authenticity But the pitch rate is definitely something that we want to know. How many people were on live with you when you pitched, okay? So that's sort of event details. Now, we also look at the conversion rate, obviously. So if your call to action is booked calls, you want to track that. If you are more of like an enroll now, we're going to look at, you know, the conversions, right? How many people actually converted. And we also want to track that by day. So we have data that shows us, right, in some scenarios that over 50% of our people join on the last day. And so that data also helps us because when we're not seeing the enrollments come in on day two or day three of open cart period, we kind of know what to expect. It's like, okay, like this is kind of normal. Obviously we want to work to improve that. And we are able to assess like what types of content do we need to put more in the middle to still create more of that, um, like the trickle throughout so we don't have the big rush in the front and rush in the back. But again, when you have this data, you know what to look at. So we look at overall sort of conversions when it comes to booked calls, total clients, total enrollments, et cetera. But as you guys are in open cart, We want to look at things like your email open rate and your click-through rate. So your post-launch email sequence that's going to drive people to buy, if they're not even opening the emails or clicking on your sales page or clicking the link, then we know we have a problem, right? If they're opening the emails, but they're not clicking on the link inside the emails, we know what the problem, it's not that the email subject line was, there was anything wrong with that, right? There's something in that content that is not giving them a compelling enough reason to actually click on the sales page or click on the book a call. And so when we start to strategize for next event, those are things that we look at. The email open rate and click-through rate because what that tells us is, okay, where do we need to get more people in front of the offer itself? Because they're not even opening emails or if they're opening the emails but not clicking on the link, how do we create more of that compelling reason for them to click on the link and book the call or click on the link and enroll now. A lot of people have a hard time doing this because it's like if you sort of look again at the overall launch as this quote unquote failure, 
then we, you know, toss it out and then, you know, we switch gears, we do something different. Again, carrying over the same unawareness, which is going to just create the same results. But when you look at this data, then we, we have focus, right? The data tells the story. The data gives the picture. It gives us very specific areas for opportunity uh, without reinventing the wheel. And so if I have a client who's like, you know, I only had two clients join and I wanted to get five, here's the data. I, I, I think that the launch, con- I think there was just something in the masterclass that wasn't converting. But when we look at the data, right, the total registrants, great, uh, show up rate, not great. But within the show up rate, the percentage of conversion into booked calls and clients, really, really good. So there's nothing wrong with the content in that scenario. What we want to do is actually just increase the show up rate, increase the volume. You don't need more registrants. You don't necessarily need to change the uh, the masterclass content. It's just like all we need to do is make sure that people know and are reminded of the event when it's coming more reminders, right? And more uh, processes that are like getting them to the masterclass. It's so interesting how, you know, if, if people opt into your launch event, say a week ahead, right? They're going to forget. They're totally going to forget. And so making sure there's processes in there to remind them, incentivize them, because even after they opted in, after a while, there's it's going to be less compelling again. And so are you making sure that we are still selling them on why they need to be at the event, right? And so we're always selling throughout the entire process, whether it's directly to your offer or just, you know, selling that next step. And so what this does is it just gives us such a beautiful landscape for where your biggest opportunities are so you don't have to change everything. In fact, it's likely a couple little tweaks here and there that will provide the biggest the biggest transformations in your result. But most people they just don't take the time to do this. And also they're they're not disciplined in in building the skill to make better decisions from data. I think that there's this like really interesting trend in the industry where it's like I'm just going to manifest results and I'm if I'm just like high vibe all the time, you know, I'm going to attract more of that, but that's just not true. <laughs> and there's just so much to say about the fact that you do have to develop the business skills, the analytical skills, right? The hard skills that allow you to really make better decisions, assess what's working, what's not working, and be able to carry the business forward, carry the team forward in a way that is not based off of all feelings and emotions and sort of this like random sort of energy or vibe. So I think it's just, it goes without mentioning and, and making sure that again, you, you slow yourself down. And so if you had a launch that seemed to be more of a failure or you're, you were feeling very discouraged, right? Give yourself some space for sure. Give yourself some space, but then you got to pick yourself back up and you got to carry on. And part of that before you do anything else is actually documenting this process and taking the time to look at your launch or anything in that regard with a clear mind, right? Assessing these things line by line and being able to see the full picture for what it is and then going deeper. And from there, it is so easy, so easy to see where your biggest opportunities are with, again, very, very, very tiny operational lift. So 
just a reminder for you to make sure you're making better decisions in alignment to facts, not emotions, and that you're documenting that process. This is something that we do with you inside of Launch Like a Queen. We have a launch debrief template that we ask all of our clients to complete when they're done. And this then allows me to guide them in the right direction after their launch. Because sometimes it is, it is hard to see until you have that skill set in data analytics and sort of seeing the, you know, to me, these opportunities are just like glaring, right? But I realize that's not most people's skill set yet, but it will be because I teach you that and because this is a skill that you have to carry forward in everything. So I hope this was helpful. And if you want more information about Launch Like a Queen, we have the information in the show notes. At the time of this recording, we are still in open enrollment for our June class. Um, but we may be in application period or waitlist period uh, eventually if you're listening to this at a later date. But check it out. Get in there. If you if it, if doors are open right now, get in there while you can um, or at least apply, right, so that we can see if we're a good fit together so that we can really help you build out that marketing machine that's going to allow you to attract and enroll dozens of clients at a time with more ease and flow. All right, girl. I will see you next time. Hey you, thank you so much for listening. It's an honor to be able to pour into the hearts and minds of like-minded entrepreneurs all over the world. But my most favorite part is being able to connect with you in real life. If you loved what you heard here, head over to the community where thousands of female CEOs just like you are changing the world one human at a time. We go deeper into the topics we discuss here and give away tangible roadmaps to help you crush your revenue goals. To join this high caliber free community, head over to kinseymackis.com forward slash community. I'll see you there.